0: Welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Colleen O'Reilly is a lifelong Anglican, despite her Irish name. Born in Sydney, she lived in the UK and the USA before moving to Melbourne and ordination in 1995. Her ministry has been in the academy and then in parishes for the last 20 years. Now semi-retired, she's on the executive of the Council for Christians and Jews. Colleen has two sons and three grandsons who live in London.
1: Today I'm reflecting on a parable in Luke's Gospel, Luke 16, 1 to 13, a rather tricky text. Do you suppose that people said of Jesus that he was a shrewd judge of character? I like to think that Jesus had been around long enough, seen enough of life to have developed a clear-eyed view of human nature. You know the sort of things I mean, the tricks and dodges we get up to, left to our own devices. John's gospel goes so far as to say that Jesus could see what was in a person's heart. So perhaps Jesus had met this shrewd manager boasting of his success. Maybe he listened to the rich man's tale of being caught out with no room to move. Luke tells us this parable was told to the disciples. It's only Luke who tells us, and he wants us to know that Jesus is teaching those who are with him not those who are opposed to him. We find it an odd, even confusing parable. We find it strange that Jesus would commend the manager who was dishonest and when found out, then outwitted his master and escaped any consequences. The master simply dismisses him. No pleading from the manager, as we would expect in this culture. No reminders of how long the generations of his family had served the generations of the landowner's family, which we would have expected in this culture. The manager is simply let go. No fine, no imprisonment, no consequences beyond the shame of his dishonesty, though shame in this world is a huge potential price to pay for his behaviour. The manager must have been almost unable to credit the mercy he received from the landowner, given how unfaithful he'd been. The landowner had trusted the manager to collect the produce his farmers owed him, the olive oil and the wheat they'd laboured to produce. The manager was entitled to a commission for his trouble, but he wasn't entitled to squander the master's goods, as Jesus says. This was... Not his to dispose of. Caught out and ill equipped for life without his position on the estate, he calls together the tenants and extravagantly reduces what they owe the landowner before the landowner has any idea what he's up to. It's outrageous. The sack manager has no authority for what he's doing. The truth is he's continuing to squander the landowner's wealth. He's no better than the runaway son we've just heard about in an earlier story. Those two stories actually belong together. The chapter division is an artificial separation. The manager has cleverly, has shrewdly created a powerful dilemma for the landowner. If the landowner rescinds the agreements made with his tenants in his name, you understand, he will alienate the people he relies upon for his wealth. They've been celebrating his generosity, but now they would curse his name. If he allows the reduced contracts to stand, he'll be short of produce for at least a year but his honour as a generous man will have been enhanced. This is a happy ever-after story, as Jesus tells it. The landowner's name is now associated with exceptional generosity and the dishonest manager can call in favours. Shrewd indeed. Deals done, dishonesty negated, and life can settle back to normal. But is that all Jesus intends us to grasp? Scholars aren't agreed on what the parable is about, so you won't be surprised if I can't give you a simple explanation either. It's not a moral tale about money or how to use it. Jesus' first hearers would have assumed it was a story about God and Israel. The master God and the steward is Israel. Israel was intended by God to be a manager of this world, a light to the nations, answerable to God for their stewardship of God's world. But as the history of the people shows time and time again, they failed in that task. Jesus intuits a looming disaster in his days if the present collision course with the Roman occupiers is not to be averted. Under this threat, the Pharisees' answer was closer observance of ever more tighter regulations to restore Israel's holiness, Israel's purity among the nations. The effect was to exclude those unable to comply, who experienced themselves as rejected and beyond God's reach. It was to these people that Jesus appealed most with his stories of a forgiving God, a generous God, an inclusive God. And in this story, Jesus urges unconventional responses to create new friendships and an alternative future. How often do we see the church respond to crises and even inevitable change by tightening the criteria for inclusion, by drawing stricter boundaries to feel safer? making more and more rules that attempt to contain the gospel. When the Anglican bishops meet later this month in the Lambeth Conference, there'll be voices calling for the exclusion of those people or that behaviour and for stricter rules about who's in and who's not. And it seems we just keep playing out this scenario in every generation and then we keep wondering why it fails to deliver the desired results. What if we formed enthusiastic alliances with people working for social justice, with climate activists and refugee advocates without worrying about whether they believe as we do, trusting God to be active in those beyond the church building? What if we spend our resources, our time, Our money, ourselves in new friendships and partnerships. Now, we'd need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves, but it could well lead to finding new homes in previously unknown neighbourhoods. Scary, you bet, risky even. But this is how God behaves towards us, setting aside all that hinders us coming to God, to enter into our complex world, flesh of our flesh in Jesus, to show us that we are all invited to become friends of God, released from indebtedness to God, and freed to love as extravagantly, as inclusively, as God loves
0: You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian, and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify.